Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we do our best not to throw trash cans at each other. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, happy Donkey Kong Month to you. Oh, banana. Yes, and happy Donkey Kong, Mario vs. Donkey Kong Month to you. Did I not say Mario vs. Donkey Kong You just said Donkey Kong Mario Erasure, but... It's that's, Mario I mean, vs. Donkey Kong I, I, ver- Based on mm-hmm. your... Um, catchphrase. Yeah, it's clear you've chosen a side. Yeah, I have not. That's I, right. uh, I'm still working on my catchphrase. Still at all. working on it. I have one more week. Okay, and I'm sure we're extending Mario next... versus Donkey Kong month to the to the next week. Yeah, because of the partner right. showcase. Right. Um, it did a little like interruption to our Mario versus Donkey Kong month plans, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that Mario versus Donkey Kong month will be shortened. We'll just do another. We'll just have one next week. Well, yeah, that's right. We will. There will be another week of Mario <laughs> versus Donkey Kong month. That's right. The sun will come out tomorrow. Right. There will be another week of Mario right. versus Donkey Kong month. You know what was uh, tripping me up this morning, Mark? What's that? Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. One word. Ghostbuster is one word. Yes. Uh, I feel like it should be two. I've never thought about that before. It's two words. And like, I get it. It's like dog catcher or firefighter. Right, I guess firefighter is the like the clearest analog, but I don't. It's the bust part of it that I'm like. So uh, yeah, I guess I feel like Ghostbusters one word is the um, in universe trademark of them. Sure, but the act of ghost busting would be two words. Just like, well, is firefighting uh, one word or two words? I refuse to look it up. I also refuse to look it up, but it was, it was messing me up this morning. And I guess, uh, I just said it was the, uh, the busting part that bothers me, but is a dust buster? Is that one word? I mean, that's also like a product's name. Right. Exactly. Firefighting. I'm sorry to inform both of us is in fact one word. Okay. Well, see that <laughs> bothers me too. We're not German, right? We don't, we can't just like mash a bunch of words together and call it a new word. Uh, I mean, I think that's exactly what we do historically. Okay. All right. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I understand your point. It is upsetting to learn the ghost <laughs> to really consider yeah. the fact that uh, ghostbusters is one word. So like if you were going to abbreviate ghostbusters, it would just be G. Isn't that unsatisfying? It is unsatisfying. (laughs) I feel like you could do, you know, something where you're missing a couple letters, you throw in an ill-placed apostrophe, you call it a... Oh, sure. Right, sure. (laughs) Call it an abbreviation. Okay. Uh, So uh, what does that look like? Give me your best pitch on what that Ghostbusters abbreviation is. Yeah, I think I go with GST, ill-placed apostrophe, BSTR. So the apostrophe is like between where the two words would be? That is what that that what is about my pitch. G-S-T-B-S-T apostrophe R. G-S-T-B-S-T apostrophe R. And so the apostrophe is just replacing E. 
<laughs> I'm laughing because I love it. That's, right. That's absolutely what the abbreviation would be. Yeah. Look, someone deeper in the Ghostbusters fandom should let us know, like, how do you... Because it's a long word if you're just typing it out. Yeah. How do you abbreviate the property that you are a fan of? Sure. You're on usenet.ghostbusters.net in yeah. 1992. Right. And you have your own, like, Usenet slang. Mm-hmm. How are you calling out your fellow Ghostbusters? Right. Or are they just busters? Or are they just G? Is that where G comes from? (laughs) I mean, that is entirely possible that that's where G comes from. That we weren't using that to refer to individuals or groups of people until Ghostbusters. Could be. That one, unlike Firefighters, I'm not going to look up. No, I'm not going to look up and I don't love it. Uh, Mark, if people want to support us, they can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where we, if you are uh, supporting us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you get access to our once-a-month episodes of various miniseries that we are recording. Mark, we are currently making our way through NCS Arcade. That's right, and we are going to be recording an episode about Jet Force Gemini. You did it. You did it. Every time. Uh, I like that I always leave it to you, too. Jet Force Gemini. Nintendo 64 game. We're going to be talking about it. Patrick and I have never played it before. That is the premise of NCS Arcade. Yes. Patrick and I are playing games available on Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack that neither of us have ever beaten. And Jet Force Gemini, one of those... And we'll be talking about it. I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. Yes, and we will be recording that conversation this weekend. It means it comes out a little late for our February episode, but that's uh, what it is. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's okay. I don't know if it's okay. It's what's happening. Um, uh, so if you have any questions or memories or whatever about Jet Force Gemini, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Com. And we will read those emails on the show. They will spark some conversation. Um, if you are in our Discord, which you can get in by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. Uh, you can share your uh, thoughts about Jet Force Gemini in there as well. It's just a little bit harder for us to uh, compile all of those for use in the episode. Um, but look for all of that short. Lee, uh, also, uh, my first issue of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles source book, a book that I wrote, is available in comic book stores right now. Issue number two comes out in April, so if you are at all interested in that, uh, place your pre-order now. I know the first issues uh, sold out pretty quick, um, so uh, check those out if you are interested. All right, Mark, it's Mario versus Donkey Kong month. Oh, banana. And mine's coming. I don't have it yet. It's okay. Placeholder catchphrase. It's uh, on the way. Uh, Let's talk about the most recent Nintendo Switch first party release, Mario vs. Donkey Kong. So before before we started rolling, Uh you, you were like... We say this all the time, but truly, I have no idea how long this conversation is going to go. I really don't. It feels, because the game itself, pretty slight. Yeah. Simple. A a simple game and not too terribly long, right? Right. This is a remake of the Game Boy Advance game from 2013? No, the Game Boy Advance game from 2004. 2004. Okay, so 20 years ago. Yep. Uh, Also, when I said 13, that was not me being uh, wrong. It was just me misspeaking. (laughs) I didn't think the game was 11 years old. I thought it was about 20. Uh, that's just, I just want to put it out there. That's blanketly true for any time I, I seem like I'm incorrect on this show. <laughs> so sometimes I am incorrect. I know, and that's I great make, for you. I, I love right that for you, but it's not my situation. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, it's a little bit tough, I think, to have a, a full conversation about um, Mario versus Donkey Kong uh, just by nature of its simplicity. Um, but I, I, maybe we just start with, like, what our general experience was like yes. and uh, whether we liked this as a video game that we played. Yeah, no, I thought the... I think there are a lot of things around the game that are interesting. Mm. The... Um, yeah, uh, the game itself, I thought, was fine. Here's some things I liked about it. Let's hear the things you like. I liked that it it really lent itself to like being able to pick it up for a little bit, doing a couple of puzzles, yeah, putting it down, and then being able to return to it later. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it, it really really good pick that up sort and of... pick up and play sort of uh, yeah, which I has got to be just a throwback to its GBA roots, right? Like there are no there's a pretty tight timer on every level, so like you can't be in a level for minutes upon minutes. I like that the premise of this is that Donkey Kong, which I guess canonically we know, um, he hoards bananas. Right. But what we learn through this is that he's just a collector in general. And I feel like that's just another thing. You know, it's like a kinship that Donkey Kong has with video game fans, I think. Right. Where it's like, replace the Mario toys, these like mini Mario toys with Amiibo. Right. With any other thing Nintendo puts out. Wait, and okay. it's like, and I under, you know, like, I understand oh, I get this. him. Yes. Uh-huh. It makes more sense to me than bananas. Because again, <laughs> bananas go bad. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, not a good, like, long-term no. option. Okay, so this brings up a couple things. So yeah, what, what Donkey Kong does is he sees a commercial on TV for the new mini Mario wind-up toys. Uh, and he covets them. He tries to go and buy them, but they're sold out everywhere. And so he's like, I'm just going right to the factory. The poor toads that work at the factory don't know what to do. <laughs> They've not been trained for a Donkey Kong They're not attack. paid enough. They to are deal, not. Like, they're to, not. You know, it's just like, lay down, let the right. Donkey Kong take the stuff. Right. And they, they have these The union, toys are replaceable. Yes. They have these union meetings once a month where they're like, if you see a Donkey Kong, just get out of his way. Uh-huh. <laughs> And of course, Toadette is trying to bust up those union <laughs> meetings. Um, but okay, so that's that's the premise. He he grabs the the mini Mario toys and uh, runs off, and Mario himself uh, chases after uh, Donkey Kong. Um, so the the thing that this raises for me, I like this uh, this thing that you're drawing of like ah, Donkey Kong is not just a banana maniac; he's a collector, mm-hmm. right? This is something that we can relate to, especially as Nintendo fans. Amiibo, right? That's something that that we collect, that we go to the store, are angry that they they aren't there. And if there was an Amiibo factory staffed by Toads, we would bully them until we got, you know, the Rosalina that we wanted. Um, But it raises the question of why are there no mini Mario Amiibos? It does feel like a missed If I feel like if this was 10 years ago, we would have... We would have... mm. Because ten years ago is right about when when Mibo launched, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if this game was re- releasing ten years ago, they probably would have had Amiibo for it. I just wish we would have had, but like, especially if it was like a functional wind up Mini Mario uh-huh. that has like the the uh, NFC code or NFC whatever it is chip in it. Um, I, that would have been great. Yeah, I would have loved it. That would have been really cool. Uh, another thing that I liked about this game is how much, I don't know, I feel like Nintendo, f- for a couple of decades, mm. they did this thing, I mean, almost 
exactly perfectly, right? So you had the original Donkey Kong come out in the 80s. And then in 1994, there was Donkey Kong for the Game Boy, colloquially referred to as Donkey Kong 94. Yes. Which starts out as a just like remake of Donkey Kong, but then expands to be more of kind of what like Mario versus Donkey Kong Absolutely. is. Yeah. And so it's it's like Nintendo revisiting the original mechanics of the Don- of Donkey Kong and doing something new with it. And then 10 years later, they do it again with Mario versus Donkey Kong where they're like revisiting some of those ideas at, from the original Donkey Kong game right, and right. representing it. And then they stopped. But we're in 2024 and there's rumors of like a Donkey Kong thing had been in the works for a while. Like sure. could 2024 be the year that they are like coming back to this pattern? Oh yeah, and they're like, know. "Hey, it's time for us to revisit the Donkey Kong core mechanics and do something new with it." You mean like the the uh, Donkey Kong slash Donkey Kong ninety four style? Yeah, mechanics? slash yeah. like now like Mario versus Donkey Kong. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting because like whenever you whenever we hear about like a new Donkey Kong game now we are automatically thinking like in the style of country, right? Uh, and even though like the, a lot of those rumors were like, it's, it'll be uh, those characters, probably those designs, probably, but like not a country game. It'll be something else. Um, so yeah, that's a great question. Like may, maybe they were working on something and then they were like, you know what? The, the engine looks great, whatever. Let's just remake the original Mario versus Donkey Kong? Or maybe the fact that Mario versus Donkey Kong... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't even think about the fact that the by remaking this game in, and releasing it in 2024, they have actually fulfilled this pattern in a way. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, even, I, didn't even, uh, I didn't even think about that. But I don't know. I guess... Yeah, do you think that... One thing I think about is, mm. you know, Miyamoto is obviously transition to more of like a not nintendo godfather yes he's he's not directly involved with game development that closely anymore and i wonder if you know like uh when he was more involved donkey kong 90, 94 mario versus donkey kong like these kind of like 10 year hey let's go back and revisit the mechanics of donkey kong right because like he yeah. had so much influence mm-hmm. and donkey kong was obviously a big deal for him and his career that he would make sense that he would want to revisit that and that as he's moved past he uh just like being involved with game development that like you're saying maybe the next donkey kong how often will we see nintendo come but right i I don't know if what i'm saying makes sense but it's like yeah the the Yes, like the sort of cycles of the the, the old cycles of Nintendo, um, like some of them are just like gone by the wayside. And some of it is that, you know, the creators like Miyamoto are aging into different roles in the company. Um, But I I also think that some of it is, and, you know, I, I think this is definitely true for the Mario versus Donkey Kong series, that they leaned so heavily into the sort of uh, DS, 3DS, everyone can play touch generation sort of experience, right? Like um, after Mario versus Donkey Kong on the 
uh, GBA. The next one is the DS's uh, uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong 2 March of the Minis, where it is all controlled by touching things with the stylus and is a much more, you know, for lack of a better word, like of a casual experience. It's inviting other methods of play control. And then, you know, we talked about them. There are a ton of games that feature the minis that are all based on like touch controls and swiping and all this stuff. Um, and like, did the brand of Mario versus Donkey Kong just become the sort of like casual game so that if you like, and that's not what the switch is now, right? The switch is uh, like, for the most part, a like core gaming thing. I'm using a lot of terms I don't believe in right now, like casual and core um, or, or like hardcore gamer. Um, but like this game plays like a video game. It doesn't play like an iPad, like touch experience or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, I feel like uh, maybe before we get too esoteric. And, yeah. Uh, Do we need to talk more about the game itself? Yeah. Maybe we should, maybe we should talk about right. like just the basics of the game, what it is, how yes. it plays, all of that. Uh, so the, uh, the, when you start the game, it's basically divided up into, uh, the, there are a handful of little levels, um, in, in each world and, uh, each level consists of, uh, an area where you need to collect, uh, a key to open a door. And then you are in like a new little, like part of the map where you are just trying to rescue a mini Mario. There are between those two little sections of the level, three, like different color presents that you can collect. Uh, and if you get them all, then you clear the level with a, a gold star versus a silver star. Um, and then at the end of a set of six levels like that, there are um, levels where you have to guide the mini Marios that you have collected um, from one place to another. They will do their best to follow Mario, but they can't exactly. There are They can't climb ladders. Um, uh, and so like that's a fun little like follow the leader sort of thing that you're doing. Um, and then after you get them all to a little safe point, then you fight Donkey Kong in like a one screen sort of uh, battle where you're picking up things and throwing them at him. And you repeat that um, eight times. And that's like the first half of the game and sort of like the basic structure of the game. Yep. And then once you in each like world is has a different theme to it. Mm -hmm. So the first world is themed to like the the toy factory where these mini Mario's are being created. Yeah. And then they become uh they don't they are not they're there's neither like, like one. yeah there's a yeah. jungle one there is a, an ice level there is there's like a, a spooky woods one. level yeah. there's mm -hmm. like a lava level um, there's they, a city one, which is cool. Yes, and they're neither like Mario themed really or Donkey Kong themed. They're just well, kind of yeah, not do but like some of them sort of sort of are right. Like the jungle one feels Donkey Kong country like, right? Like it could be yes, and like this yeah. city feels, feels like, like New like Donk it could City, be yeah, New Donk City, or um, even just like Wrecking Crew or something. Yeah, sure. Um, which is actually a little bit more like the construction site, but yeah, yeah. Or like uh, the original Donkey Kong. And then after you uh, do all eight of those levels, then... Which it should be pointed out, easy, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the first eight worlds are pretty easy uh, to... Like, they're... Nintendo, in a lot of ways, and Mario vs. Donkey Kong in particular, is sort of the king of uh, a puzzle that takes you no time to solve but you do need to solve it. Yes. You know what I mean? Where like, uh, you're, you're like, oh, how am I going to, oh, I got it. 
Like it's it's you can't even finish asking yourself the question before you figure it out, but it's just obtuse enough that you get like the serotonin hit for solving the puzzle. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. And I feel like Nintendo does this regularly where mm-hmm. you have like the initial worlds, you know, you can cruise through something and a lot of their games and the initial playthrough is fairly easy. But then once you hit like the end, yep. Then the game opens up and they're like bonus levels or something like that. Right. That kind of, uh, if you want that challenge is available to you. And Mario versus Donkey Kong does that same thing. You beat the first eight worlds and then uh, each of those eight worlds get plus levels. Yes. Where um, you are now from the beginning guide- guiding a mini Mario through a course because you have to like work with it right. to solve the puzzle because it has the key yeah so uh and so the, the the levels are no longer two rooms they are single rooms um and it's all based around guiding the mini mario which i thought this was great i thought this was an awesome like evolution of the ideas in the first half um and like because like the mini mario trails behind you like at a little bit slower speed um I felt like there was a lot more uh, requirements on you to like do the platform forming like accurately or quickly or whatever. Um, And like, it just felt like there was more mechanical challenge to it. In addition to the sort of like logic puzzle of like, how do I get this guy over here without him getting hurt? Yeah. I really, I I liked it as well. I mean, I liked the, I liked the first part. I liked this game, (laughs) but it's weird to talk, but it's weird to talk about because it is, um, it is, it's like slight, but it's good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yes. it, do, it does what it sets out to do very well. There, you do have two different play options. Mm. There's like casual mode and I can't remember the classic or whatever they call yeah. it. And classic mode, you, there's a timer, which in casual mode, the timer turns off. Mm. And then in... Oh, so that thing I said earlier isn't always true. <laughs> it's not It's not always yeah. true. You can choose to turn it off. Then the other thing that's different is in casual mode, you don't... If you, like, take a hit, you don't... There are, like, five, like, bubbles. So you bubble to uh, a checkpoint. Yeah. And then it's only in t- after you um, get, like go through your five bubbles that you would lose a life. Okay, interesting. Because in uh, the classic mode, if you take a hit, you're done. Right. And I played the entire game in casual mode. Mm. I was like, I don't want... I uh, No resistance here. <laughs> I, don't want the t- I don't want the timer. Right. The timer brings oh. me no... Like, I am not interested at all right. in solving this in a time limit. Like, uh, the stress of the timer would would not make the experience enjoyable for me. That was, like, not something that I wanted. Yeah. So I played it in casual mode. I had a great time with that. Uh, I did not play in casual mode. I played in classic mode. Um, and, like, the timer did stress me out quite a bit. Um, but you can restart any level uh, at, at no penalty. It doesn't cost you a life to restart a level. And as we said before, the levels are all so short. It's like 120 seconds or something that they put on the clock at, at the beginning. So like, even if I'm like running right up to the end and I have to take it again, it's two minutes, you know, like, um, and usually once you've found the solution for something, it's not so hard to replicate like the physical mechanics of doing what you figured out last time. I do think it's interesting how the mechanics of the game 
take a lot of things that you see in like the original Donkey Kong series, like Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr., uh-huh. and use that as the core of the gameplay. Even like things as simple as climbing vines or like yeah. the chains mm-hmm. or um I don't know. I just feel like there were a lot of nods to the Donkey Kong series that do make this a fun kind of like throwback. It it, yeah. it does to me it feels like it does feel like a successful modernization of if you were taking the idea of Donkey Kong an arcade game and turning it into something more, like this feels like a natural evolution of what it would turn into. Right. Um yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I I also I mean just as long as we're talking about like uh evolutions here and the remakes specifically, um let's talk about like the the uh like graphical and music presentation here. Um because I don't know when's the last time you saw like how the uh, 2004 Mario versus Donkey Kong, what it looked like on GBA, but they were using like pre-rendered sprites that they are like pre-rendered graphics, uh, 3D models that are then converted in, into, uh, you know, the 16-bit, 32-bit, whatever they are, sprites uh, on, on the GBA. And they look kind of muddy in the way that, you know, like the Donkey Kong Country games do. Um uh, and therefore, like, can't be super expressive or anything like that. I feel like the graphics in this thing, I I like the way this game looks. I like the way it looks, too. I think that... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, even though it is, like, a sort of return to the new Super Mario Brothers, like, the the standard Nintendo graphical style. Yeah. Right? Like, is... it's, it's not... It's not if... Uh, if there was a moment where we thought that Super Mario Brothers Wonder was going to be like the new template for how Mario looks, uh, this game is like no, it's actually that that was a that was a thing we did one time. This is we're back to what Mario looks like. It is interesting that Wonder seems we haven't seen like Wonder influence the look of Mario generally, but I I and I guess that doesn't necessarily surprise me because Wonder's art style is so specific to yep. the world of that mm-hmm. game that it would maybe, like, everything would have to look like Wonder for it to work. Yeah. And so I feel like we still have the standard 3D, like, Mario renders. Right. And Like, Super, uh, like, uh, uh, Mario Party. The next Mario Party is going to look like that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, when you see a promo for Super Nintendo World Universal Studios, it that's, right. you know, like, right. that's the Mario that it looks like. I feel like, and maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like Nintendo, like, even the Nintendo's take on, well, maybe I am crazy. Because, yeah, let's hear because because this, this game was de- like the original game and this game was uh, d- developed by the North American branch of Nintendo. Okay, like uh, uh, NTD, I mm-hmm. think it's called, that has their headquarters right next to Nintendo of America's headquarters. Um, but I I feel like like nin- we'll just say Nintendo's take on Donkey Kong, like what Donkey Kong looks like is different than the Donkey Kong Country games. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, his proportions are stranger. His proportions are super crazy. Yeah. And I can't tell if, like, is he more animal or less animal than in the hands of, like, the country teams? Yeah, so to my mind, he's, like, like softer in the country games. Yeah. Like, um, less... Uh, He's uh, less threatening. I guess he's yeah, because he's, he's, he's not the like villain the villain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I do think that even his like posturing 
is more aggressive. It's just more aggressive yeah. than he is in the country games where he's just a big doof. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a lovable, he's a himbo, right? Uh-huh. Like, yep. Uh, and he does not come across as himbo in Mario versus Donkey Kong. No. Still wearing that tie though. <clears throat> yeah. Rocking the tie. Looks great in the tie. Uh, I also like, so the original game had these like little story cutscenes that are all told in like, um, just like single slides with, uh, like music and, uh, some voiceover. Uh, but the, in this game, they're all like fully animated and they look beautiful. Right. Um, and like all that looks and sounds good. Uh, you want to talk about the music a little bit? Sure. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the music? I liked this uh, uh, hot and cold. Hot, yeah, I would agree. The very much so hot and cold. Especially in the beginning, they're doing these like jazzy riffs on the yes. original Donkey Kong music and weaving in Mario themes. And like, I on the title screen, it's so it. cool. Yes, yeah. and then later, I feel like, and I feel this about like the themes of the world in general. I feel like it gets pretty generic sure. and. Um, loses its sense of self like it mm-hmm. nothing made me feel like oh this is a mario game or a donkey kong game it just didn't right. really have like a soundscape or a, a look that really grabbed me a lot of the time but um i mean i think it's not like distractingly bad no it it's just... definitely not distractingly bad but it is uh you know it doesn't add to the sort of like mario jazz standards canon right like i think about uh finishing uh super mario odyssey or getting to the festival in super mario odyssey or like finishing super mario 3d world which has like a banger of like a big band you know rendition of the theme um when you arrived i was just beating the final boss uh donkey kong in like a mech um and uh the like final theme like you know was playing over the credits and it was like a jazzy little version of uh of the music that you know we'd heard before but it wasn't anything that we were like yeah you know like we grooved on it for like three seconds and we're like okay well let's skip this and see what else is here yeah i wish i i think like i understand academically why the game has its own identity and doesn't lean into too much of the Mario thing uh-huh. or too much of the Donkey Kong thing. And yet I wish it did. Like, I wish that, like, I think in the beginning, that part is so much fun. Like, the music there is so much fun, and I think it has a lot of promise. And then I wish it would have kept more of that up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm such a sucker for, like, musical mashups of stuff. And there's so many uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country, and Mario themes that are like instantly recognizable and like it doesn't all have to be themes either it can also be like textures you know like if we're hearing that like the aquatic ambience that like bah, 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 and then we get like uh some like mario you know like do like you can do these things and like layer them on top of each other i guess there's no water section in yeah no water section no water section what did you think of the co-op i didn't play in co-op at all the co-op is good. Um, so when you play in co-op, uh, you uh, second player plays as Toad um, and can do basically all the things that Mario can do. Um, the second player has to collect, or one of the players, has to collect a little silver key um, in addition to the gold key in the first part of those levels. Um, and that's just a fun like extra thing you need to grab. Um, there are couple other things that toad does differently than mario other like otherwise exactly the same right um but toad is different than mario in that when he climbs up a ladder he does it like a square at a time so mario's like a single like smooth motion but toad will be like like an inchworm almost like (laughs) up the ladder um and then toad can't do 
um, two-handed uh, oh, interesting. rope climbing. Yeah. He can only do one-handed. But he's equally fast up and down. Oh, that's with nice. One because hand. with Mario, yeah. when you're doing like the single rope climb, it's very slow. You can go down really quickly. Yes. But uh, Mario can grab two at the same time and, and go, can go up, up really quickly. fast. But he goes down slow. Yes. Um, so like a fun little thing to manage, as you mentioned before, uh, finds its roots in Donkey Kong Jr. Um, also, we see it again in uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. Um but uh, yeah, the Toad is just like no, can't can't do uh, can't do two handed. That's what I don't think the original game had. It did not co op. So that that's neat that they were able to um, figure out a way within the puzzles. I'm I think like that already existed, except for yeah. the two worlds that are new to this game, right? Um, and find a way to like have an additional key that also works. Yes, because like some of the puzzles, getting the key from one part to another is tricky. Right. So to throw another key in there and have it all work is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and like the the other key isn't something that you need to carry. You just like collect it. Oh, got it, like, it. It's got little wings on it, so it just like flies around by you. I understand. And if you die, it goes back to where it was. Does when you're playing in co-op, when you do those uh, mini Mario levels at the end of each world, um, they just follow Mario. Unfortunately, like that's sort of a one place where the like co-op. Uh, not that it fails, but it just doesn't find like a, an active solution for like, you know, the, Mario is very much in the lead there. Um, and then like the second player can just kind of like do the other flip switches and you know, the kind of stuff that makes it a little bit too easy um, in co-op. I mean, because uh, otherwise, like you kind of got to just as two players, you kind of both have to just like get through the level. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a, a that that's good and cool. And I, you know, Sarah and I played the first couple worlds. Um, in co-op together uh, and I'd like to keep playing more because um, you know it, it's it's funny that like um, when you're playing a, a game like this and you have that moment of especially as levels get harder right that you have that moment of like oh I see what I need to do um, and then you do it it's something that's almost impossible to communicate to another person of like, Oh no, I just need to like throw the thing over there and then hit the thing and do, th and I just need to be here when that happens. Um, and so trying to explain that to another person who's also trying to figure it out um, is its own unique challenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. What else, what else we got to talk about here? Let's talk about the boss battles a little bit. Okay. The, um, the fights with Donkey Kong. So, the way that these work is, um, again, I guess kind of a um, an iteration on a traditional Donkey Kong level a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of, uh, in that, like, Donkey Kong is usually up on a platform or, like, remove. yeah, almost always he's up on some kind of platform, and uh, he's throwing things down at you, and uh, some of those things that he throws down are barrels or trash cans or bombs that you can pick up and throw back at him. Yep. Um, and so you have like six little cards that represent the six mini Marios that you rescued throughout the, the levels. And those act as your life. <clears throat> so you can take, you know, six hits uh, before you, you go down um, in, in those levels. Donkey Kong has four. Donkey so Kong you have to do four. like four yeah. hits on him. Right. And he can do six on you and you're still fine. Um, what I find weird about that is they don't let you challenge Donkey Kong until you've beaten all six levels. Um, so, like, why is it six? Like, why do you have suddenly six points of health 
uh, it seems like it should be variable, that you can challenge Donkey Kong at any time. Oh, that would be cool. But, like, if you go through the levels and rescue all six uh, minis first, then you have the opportunity to take some hits uh, instead of, like, one being one hit killed or something. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That is cool. What I liked about these boss fights, first I've got to say that the ice ones, hated. Slipping around. <laughs> hated. Hated those. Yeah. Um, But what I did find really cool about them is I got the same satisfaction out of these boss fights as I got out of um, the Game & Watch games that we played during Game & Watch month. Yeah. When there's like a good Game yes. & Watch game, it's a very s- simple idea. Um, and there's like a pattern that you can learn and follow. Not all the time in Game & Watch, but in these, in these levels, it's very pattern-based. Yes. It's like uh, most of the time Donkey Kong is going to do the same thing every time and so it's just a matter of mastering that um that pattern and i really i found something i don't always love that but i found something really satisfying about it in this game of being like okay that's fine i i messed up but this time i'll stand i will do this part right it's like learning to dance it's like i will do this part and then i will do this part and then, and I, then will, I wait and here. then i wait and then i stand here right and then he's gonna throw this thing and then i can move to this place yeah and th- figuring like that out and by the end of each one like getting really good at it there is something very like satisfying about that to me yeah well and i think uh then you know i th- i Having not really played much of the original, I think this is a place where the um, remake excels is that like Donkey Kong in those battles is very easy to read, right? Like it's a big, uh, he's a big character, he's expressive. So when he's about to do something, it's obvious what he's about to do. Um, In this final boss battle, uh, there was the, the first time he was doing like some new attack. Sarah said, like she was watching and right before he did it, she said something different is going to happen, which like, that's pretty remarkable, right? That they threw like his character acting on the screen. Sarah was able to telegraph and articulate out loud that something different was going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like that they they also use pauses really well in that same way yes where it's like uh it's not that it's a long pause it's that it's a change in the rhythm yes and so you can you just kind of like feel it you like anticipate that something different is going to happen um yeah i i i thought the boss battles even when i was struggling with them i i found them to be very like i felt accomplished when I I finished it. The uh, plus version of the ice level boss battle uh, was really fun, but quite difficult. Oh my gosh. That one's got these two like hanging uh, icicles that will like drop down on you. It was good. It was good stuff. It was good. That one took me a long time. Yeah. It took me a while too. Um, But yeah, that was good. Um, But like, and nothing uh, in like these, uh, the first, you know, 16 worlds uh, is like super difficult, right? There's no like, there's no real like mind teasers or like uh, skill testers. It's all stuff that like you can work through without breaking your brain. Yeah. There are, however, some expert levels that open when you get to the end of the first eight worlds. uh, And those are in fact uh, quite a bit trickier. Yep. Um, uh, I've, I've not played many of them. In fact, I've only played one. Um, uh, but it was a fun, like kind of challenge that it presented and like was definitely the kind of thing where I like worked my way through half of it and then was like, oh no, I'm running out of time and then restarted it and like knocked out the first half of it in like 
seven seconds. Um, and that's so satisfying. It's also nice that there is no real penalty for running out of lives. Yeah, no, kind of none whatsoever. To the point where I'm like, why lives? <laughs> why, why lives? Why like, lives? Other than it's like a, a Mario convention. Right. Yeah. Odyssey didn't do it. Nope. Odyssey didn't do it. Also, we didn't talk about in the levels, them, in the worlds themselves, after you play a few like uh, one up <laughs> yeah, bonus yeah, yeah. games will uh -huh. open up. And so you can go in there and you have a short amount of time to complete this like platforming minigame challenge that right. allows you to earn mushrooms. One thing I up to eight lives. Up to eight lives. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say about the. Um, you were saying like Mar Donkey Kong is so expressive that you can read him and it really helps in the boss battles. I feel like another reason that's important is because Mario uh, doesn't move like Mario in this game. Right, he moves like Mario in a Donkey Kong game. Yeah, yes, he. You can't. Uh, you can't dash. Uh, your jumping ability is fairly limited. Mm -hmm. You do have the ability to like backflip and do this like double jump thing. Yeah, well, it's it's like the handstand and then the jump out of the handstand and then a jump immediately after that jump is like the highest jump you can do. And when you get like late enough in the game, you're doing it all the time that you are just like for normal jumps. I'm like, OK, I'm going to get on his yeah. hands first. Yep. Yeah. And also Mario doesn't, you know, like in a Super Mario Brothers game, you can when Mario's jumping, you can affect the arc in kind of crazy ways. And you can do that in this game to a degree. But yeah, it is it's not to less, the same. Yeah. It's not to the same degree. We'll say the one move that they introduce in this. Well, as far as I know, they introduce in this game. I'm kind of like, it just feels like a dud is, um, you know, the first time there are these enemies that are like hiding in a pile of bricks. And yeah. They will like drop bricks down mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, how am I going to, do I have to learn the timing for this? Like, how am I going to get through this? No, you just walk And the answer on is you just right. walk on your hands. Right. Because Mario's boots are stronger <laughs> than his hat. Steel toed boots. Uh, yep. Steel sold boots. Sold boots. You know, people say he's crazy. He's got uh, steel on the soles of his shoes. It's heavy, but yeah. it works for him. Um, and maybe it helps him like work out those muscles to get uh, like a better jump. I bet that's right. We should start putting <laughs> steel on the soles of our shoes. We should. People will call us crazy. Um, yeah, that's it. Is it is weird? It's weird that they're like, oh yeah, just like flip the little Mario upside down to the point where I'm like. Well, then why even have this thing here? I think so, too. Like, it felt like there should have been something else but like that required skill. Yes. The thing is, sometimes you do have to walk through there with the mini Mario, right? But I never found that challenging. That was no. never an area where yes, I... Yes, <laughs> exactly. But this is what I'm saying, is that even if it made you learn the timing, like, it's not hard to do. <laughs> right. You just kind of yeah. wait. Um, yeah. It's, and also, like... Those and every now and then there's like a little uh like the same set of eyes in like a trash can and I'm always like what are what what are these what are these things the eyes why the can't I see them I want to <laughs> yeah. see them the eyes in the trash can I thought were cute yeah they are um I like that one the eyes in the pile of bricks I they, didn't I didn't care for I they didn't seem find meaner cute. they do seem meaner yeah um maybe it's because I just have, there's some like latent association with Oscar the Grouch mm -hmm. being those eyes in the trash can uh speaking of enemies that we did or did not care for the birds. The birds that would like fly yes. around, and then when you when they were above you, they would drop an egg. Yes, didn't care for those. Here's the thing: uh, a direct callback to uh, Donkey Kong Junior. So I love them. <laughs> I, I I think they're they're they are very difficult, and they uh, 
they're still like very geometric in the way that they approach, right? Yep. Um, like they come out, they like fly across the stage, they drop down two squares and then turn the other direction. Um, and so there's just like I don't know, there's something about like you could from the second they appear on screen, you're like, I know exactly where they're gonna be at any given moment. I just have to keep track of them. Um, and that sort of mathiness of it feels awesome to me when I can like keep it all in my head. Yeah, there no, I, I agree. I think uh the fact that everything is on such a track. Yes. That it is so like pattern based and geometric really does it just makes it feel very like satisfying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, satisfying. It's like clockwork. Yes. It's very uh also they have hammers in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, calling back uh-huh calling back to the original Donkey Kong game. But one thing I like in this game is that you can like toss them up yep. and then jump and, and like, grab them and grab them. Yep. That, that's just kind of a fun elaboration on it. So Donkey Kong ninety four has this like reputation as being like one of the great uh, one of the great Game Boy games, one of the great uh, video games kind of period. Um, and like Mario versus Donkey Kong feels like it is doing just about everything that Donkey Kong 94 did, um, but then some other stuff. Uh, and it, I guess uh, my, my question is, is the reputations of these two games, because I feel like Mario versus Donkey Kong doesn't have much of a reputation, right? Um, and just like, why doesn't it have the reputation that Donkey Kong 94 did? I feel, I feel like part of the, at least for me, part of the reason why Donkey Kong 94 is such a kind of like, surprise mm. is because it's just called donkey kong yeah and so you know like the fact that it there is more to it and there's like i didn't play donkey kong 94 when it first came out i didn't have any idea about it, it wasn't until later right. that its reputation is kind of this like hidden gem whereas i think donkey mario versus donkey kong uh announces itself as something new and different and yeah. so yeah, you yeah. know it's not like it's high it's not hiding as a donkey kong game well and the thing that it is new and different is not actually new because it's just like riffing on donkey kong 94 yeah 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 it's like a re kind of yeah it's like revisiting it 10 years later and adding some like new ideas to it but isn't it like a bigger and better game like ultimately even if it's not a surprise i think but i think the surprise factor is partly surprise factor and and the fact that it's like um i don't know uh the fact that it was on the Game Boy. This and is a good point. Yeah, just a kind of like undiscovered gem. Well, and like when you think about games on the Game Boy, especially before Pokemon comes out, um, the Game Boy versions of games are usually smaller, more feature poor versions of the game that look worse and run slower and are just generally not as good as their home console counterparts, right? Across the board. Uh, and Donkey Kong 94 is not that at all. Um, whereas by Mario versus Donkey Kong by 2004, um, they're putting out like great looking and playing games on the GBA all the time. Right. So I guess, yeah, I guess just by virtue of it being a Game Boy game for that platform, you're like, oh yeah, this is one of the uh, great. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm understanding the reputations a little bit more, but like uh, as a thing to revisit, because I remember hearing some people being like, Oh, if they're going to remake one of these games, why not remake Donkey Kong 94? I probably even said that. Um, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is a great candidate for, for remaking. Yeah, I think so, too. I also think it's interesting that when you think about, like, in 1994, 
Donkey Kong was eight, like Donkey Kong and the Nintendo Entertainment System was eight years old, right? Yeah. And yeah. then in 2004, you know, like every time one of these games comes out, we get further and further away from the last Donkey Kong game. You know, like the arcade game. Sure. Is... If if we're if we're skipping over the all the minis games. But what I guess what I mean is that like as these come out, we get further and further away from like a, Christ. What? Uh, <laughs> well, that is that is true. That's true. <laughs> but um. Like, Donkey Kong is an arcade game that yes. people are familiar with and have played. You know, in 1994, that conversation is very different than 2004, right? Like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. many people in 2004 were, um, you know, like, Donkey Kong was 20 years old. And that long well, older and, than... And in the arcade, 24 years old. Yeah. You know, and so now in... I, I just feel like I maybe that is part of why Mario versus Donkey Kong... Mm. doesn't have the reputation that Donkey Kong 94 does as well because it's just like we're what don what Donkey Kong is and means in 2004 and in right. 2024 right. is definitely super different yeah. than what it is what that means in 1994. Well, and cuz again, uh in 1994 when Donkey Kong on the Game Boy comes out, uh that predates the move to country, yeah. right? So like there was no other identity for the series until 94, 95, 96, when uh, the the three Donkey Kong uh, country games come out. So, yeah, I mean, all, all very interesting to think and, like, that they had this, like, primordial thing to play with that everyone was familiar with. Um, it just kind of, like, does that e- even exist now? What would What would that be if Nintendo were to try to do that now? And especially because using that timeline of, like, okay, let's say 14 years uh, from... Uh, 1980s uh, Donkey Kong in the arcades to Donkey Kong 94. So 14 years ago is 2010. W- what are we talking about? Yeah, you're With, yeah. like Mario Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, like or I guess the new Super Mario Brothers. Sure. And Donkey Kong Country Returns. Yeah, like those are th- yeah yeah. And so so you have Mario versus Donkey Kong today, and the audience for it are are people who have probably never played yes. a a the like a Donkey Kong style game mm-hmm. and maybe played Tropical Freeze but this doesn't play like you know like you're not controlling right, not Donkey Kong at all right. and then Mario like yes plays closest to uh the Donkey Kong style Mario but going from wonder to this, you know like it, it's just going a very from different wonder to this going from new to this going from maker to this going from odyssey to this going from 3D world to this none of it makes sense yeah um let, let, let's talk about it at like just like conceptually as a release on the switch in 2024 we knew already going into this year that it was going to be like a weird year probably a transition year maybe a long transition year for for nintendo but given that their first two releases are um, the Another Code uh, Recollection, which is a, an interesting thing that is going to hit for some audiences that that like that sort of thing, um, and Mario versus Donkey Kong, what what do we make of the beginning of this year? It's very weird. It is weird. I think Mar I think Mario versus Donkey Kong uh, will benefit from the Mario Halo. Con, yeah, you know, of like yeah. the especially of like the Mario movie. I think it is well timed. But it's an interesting both of those are very in, they're very interesting releases because they're not like mainstream right, you know, guaranteed hits. They're both doing something 
like unique and kind of weird for you know right. like for Nintendo right. for video games um right so, now. So uh uh my niece Rachel uh had a birthday and uh Sarah and I sent her a copy of Mario versus Donkey Kong. Um and her dad texted us to be like, "Oh, uh, great! Uh, she's excited. She was asking about this game. So like, and she was turning. Uh, Rachel was turning eight, right? So like, uh, it has penetrated that age group. They're aware of it. Um, and I wonder if that is, as you say, just like as a halo effect around uh, all things Mario. Um, but I feel like it is a lower profile release." And sort of being overshadowed by the fact that there's this Princess Peach game coming out yeah. in a couple weeks. Like, I think they're similar-ish sort of audiences. Um, but, like, the Princess Peach is so... Showtime is going to be a much bigger. Like, the shadow it casts, uh, I think, does sort of uh, maybe block out the Mario Halo a little bit. While we're on the subject of its, like, place in Nintendo's year and kind of the weird yeah. year they're having, I want to talk about the price and we don't really talk about you know like um uh i don't know i i feel like something we don't really dwell on is like value for the money right you know like like, is is it it worth worth it it? yeah um and that's not because it's such a weird proposition with nintendo right Right. because they are their games are always full price um and even if you pick them up years later you're probably maybe it's like 15 percent off on a sale or something um whereas other games will plummet you know down to like 12 dollars um but yeah sorry well yeah the the part that i think is really interesting about the pricing for mario versus donkey kong is two things one you and i have talked previously about um especially in the early days of the switch uh, our hope for it my hope for it certainly was that nintendo would continue to make their kind of like handheld only games um because those are were great and they uh, they were usually at a lower price point, you know, and um, they took less uh, dev less, time. They yes. could like do weirder things. They're you know, less like, graphically intense. They're certainly. less gra- yeah. graphically intensive. And like Nintendo hasn't really done that. Mostly, you know, like everything for they haven't like bifurcated the Switch in any way where it's like we have handheld releases right. and we you know that are like that very you can also clearly, play on your TV if it, you want exactly. Right. And then we have like the AAA stuff. It's all kind of you have you for sure have the big like triple a stuff but then everything else has been you know like uh i i would say console quality for really lack of a better term sure 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 sure. what's weird is like and they have explored this like the price scale within that right like especially last year where we saw a uh, metroid prime uh remake for or remaster sorry for 40 dollars we saw everybody want to switch for 30 dollars we saw tears of the kingdom for 70 uh, and obviously, sixty and fifty dollar releases. Um, so, like, they are all over that scale, but it does not fall into the sort of binary that you've laid out, right? Of like handheld versus console quality. And that's why I think like the fifty dollars here is really interesting, and it makes me wonder. Like, uh, I'd be very interested in knowing how these decisions are made. Yeah. Like Metroid Primary Master for forty dollars is that decision made? Because they are looking holistically at the rest of their the year, what they have going, and they're saying, "Well, we can put this game out for forty right, because right. we have this, this, and this coming that is going to be priced at this, this, and this, and so it all works out in the end." Versus in twenty twenty four, we have this, this, and this coming, and Mario versus Donkey Kong, like, needs to be priced at fifty dollars 
in order for the math to work out, you know, for the entire year. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, in mm-hmm. a vacuum, like, a $50 game, like, sh- shrugging a little bit? I don't know. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like it, you can't compare two things, like, Metroid yes. Prime Remaster versus Mario versus Donkey Kong. But it's hard not to, right? Because, right? like, the Metroid Prime Remaster, because they're both remakes of games from uh, over a decade ago, right? So, like... Yeah, what and w- one of them is a like very well realized uh uh first person exploration game that has a legendary reputation. People have been wanting to see on the Switch for a really long time, and the other is a a very nice looking but by no means revolutionary uh puzzle platformer that no one was really being like when's that coming back? Um and that one, and it's a much shorter game. Um, and that that would be the one that's ten dollars more expensive than Metroid Prime. It does feel weird. But then also, is Metroid Prime like remaster part of a larger scheme to like prime the pump for yeah, who knows? for Metroid Prime Four versus Mario versus Donkey Kong? And they're like, hey, it's got Mario on it. Mario has a certain value, and we, right? You know, like um, like we just don't go below fifty dollars for Mario games because that, you know, it's Mario's yeah. our marquee. Mario's game. on the tin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, uh, just the pricing of it was really interesting to me and like the broader context of how Nintendo makes the decisions that they do. Right. Man, what a weird year for exploring the price scale because also the the Pikmin games, uh, Pikmin 1 and 2 also came out uh, on Switch at $30 each or 50 for the bundle of two. So like, like if you were to ask me should i should i get pikmin one and two or mario versus donkey kong my answer is pikmin one and two (laughs) um but yeah i don't know just just all 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 very strange to try and like make any sense out of um nintendo's price points of new releases as they're putting them out i believe mario versus donkey uh, well i guess okay so we don't have uh pricing for the the second or the the fourth and fifth games coming out this year from Nintendo, right? You mean Luigi's Mansion 2 HD and uh, Thousand Year Door right. remake? We don't. My assumption, Thousand Year Door is going to be 60 bucks. Yeah, mine too. And Luigi's Mansion 2 HD? I don't know. 50 bucks? 60 bucks? So I think for pre-orders right now, it's $60. But that... Uh, but they I, don't charge that, cards when, right, when you take a pre We don't know that so, that's official. Right. right. Um, and I honestly, I would sort of expect it to not be only because it looks so bad yeah i mean maybe maybe they'll change maybe they'll fix it <laughs> maybe they'll, fix maybe they'll it. make it make it better i don't know i mean i guess the fact that well no this game was 50 uh yeah i i i don't know uh, obviously we'll see all of this uh as we go we've talked a lot about uh money i just bought this thing anyway because uh, of course i was going to you're legally obligated to <laughs> that's right it is the law um also if you are a person who has been buying nintendo switch vouchers this is my uh regular reminder to not use a voucher to buy this game because it is fifty dollars you're getting ripped off if you use your voucher that way yeah uh final thoughts on mario versus donkey kong i'm really glad i glad i played it me too uh, i i I enjoyed it i thought it's a fun i've never liked the original donkey kong like i it was never a um i was kind of like too young when it was a thing right and And even though you're related to arcade champion (laughs) billy mitchell (laughs) no 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 relation (laughs) what no relation um but yeah like uh i so i've never been a huge like donkey kong original arcade game person 
and but I thought that this was like what I I think is theoretically fun about Donkey Kong. Um, in yeah, a kind in a, of, kind of, yeah. It's it's like that through a puzzle filter. Yes, which was perfect for me. I gotta say, it's a. I, I can't believe we've talked about this game for an hour. <laughs> um, but it is. Uh, it feels so light to me, or like hollow in that the game is uh very fun when it is engaging my brain but it is sort of hard to think about it when i'm not playing it you know like um it is it is the experience you're having while you're having it and then nothing else Do you know what i think it is is that mario versus donkey kong delivers exactly what it promises but it does not have any of the like um magic of a Nintendo first-party game where it surprises you. This game doesn't... It doesn't really surprise you. No, No, that's true. You know, and I I think... I do think that's part of it. Because I agree with you. It's like, I liked it. I had a a fun time with it. Um, The puzzles were interesting. But there was no moment where of, like, surprise or delight. Like uh, the singing piranha plants in Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Or, like, everything coming together. Like, why is it a mech... Donkey Kong, like for the like final final boss. It I don't know. Is. It's kind of fun, but like, yeah, like you know, like there's no there there to tie everything together in like a satisfying way. In a lot of ways, it feels like the Wordle, right? Where it's just like I'm gonna check in on this. I'm gonna have my like discreet little challenge with it, and it doesn't blow my mind or you know. But uh, for a second, my brain wrinkles, uh, and I enjoy the feeling of my brain wrinkling. Um, and then it's over, you know. Uh, the, it it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it uh, like difficult to uh, place in like the sort of like pantheon of transformative video game experiences. This isn't that. Yeah, it's like boxed max- mashed potatoes. It's like boxed mas- mashed potatoes. Yes. Did I stutter in the same way that you did? I or? think so. I didn't mean to. It's I, just another way. I that wasn't our, making that our fun brains of you. are melting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, don't forget, I never make a mistake. I just misspeak. Right, and I will make mistakes and misspeak. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry for you for that. Well, and I'm sorry for you for having to experience that. All right, Mark, uh, that's our conversation about Mario versus Donkey Kong. Let's close this out. Uh, do you have uh, any like hopes or wishes uh, after playing this game for like a sequel or anything like that? Is is there anything else that like they establish with this formula that you're like, I'd like to see them build on that in the future. I feel like we'll have to wait another decade at least before they come back around in 2034. I feel like that's our next chance for them to do something like this. Yep. I think that's probably right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you to our 16-bit patrons, Connor McCabe, Patrice Millet, David Henley, uh, Alias X, and Kyle Seaborn, we appreciate you. We appreciate everyone who's checking us out on the uh, Patreon and everyone who is checking out this podcast right now. Thank you again so much. If you'd like to be in our Discord, just email us. We'll send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, oh, banana. And thank you for listening.